No. <laughs> Just go home. Take the rest of the day off. Ooh, it's still nice and warm. Better not leave it because I'll drink it while I'm talking. Okay, so for those of you that don't know me, my name's Tom Frazier. I'm the youth director here. So most of the time during this hour, I'm upstairs, upstairs. It's four steps. I'm over there in the old sanctuary with middle school and high school students and hanging out with them. So that's what I'm here to do. Usually today, I have the privilege and the honor to come and speak to you. Now, that's a privilege for me. You guys determine if it's a privilege for you. Um, but today, I want to talk about some things. And we're going to be talking a little bit, as Mark said, about sowing and reaping. Not sowing as in, let's go home and make a dress. And not weeping like, let's go cry every day like I do when I go home because I have no friends. Okay? So, sowing and reaping. Think plants. Think farming. I know we do so much farming up here in Summit County. We harvest corn every year. We grow cantaloupes and pineapples. So, anyway, but, but let me get started here. This week, Mark and I went to a conference over in Keystone, and there was a conference with a bunch of youth pastors. So, first of all, we probably got almost nothing done the whole entire week because, again, we're youth pastors and we don't do anything. Um, but this conference was all about leadership. It's about how are you leading? How are you leading students? How are you leading the mission of your church and your ministry? And how are you leading those around you? And throughout these sessions, we, we kind of were, were sitting around, we were talking, and one of the exercises we did was that we did a core value assessment for yourself. Now, I'm going to ask a question. How many of you guys, if I were to say, what are your core values as a person, how many of you would actually know what those were for you? Anybody? Raise your hand. Couple, two, three, four, or five. Okay, so this is the first. This is probably when you're in ministry, you do it all the time. Anybody remember that we did it back in Jan- uh, August or July with the survey and everything we did as a church, trying to adab- establish what our core values. Kathy, Joe's like, yes, yes, I do, and I had to do everything with that for the last nine months. So. Remember that we went through a process as a church and just kind of said, hey, what are our core values? What really makes us DCC? Well, this was one of the first times I'd ever done it this way for myself. I've done it a hundred times. But this time we got a stack probably of about 60, 70 words, just single words on each piece of paper. And there were like people to change, to hope, to all these kinds of things. And so I'm doing this and of course, you start out with these 70 pieces of paper, and they go, okay, so now separate them from important to very important. And I'm like, great, this should be easy. And so now you're finally getting towards the end, and you're like, now separate them from very, 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 very important to very, 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 very important. So that's five varies, then six varies, if anybody was following. Okay, so so we're starting to do this, and we're starting to talk about it, and we're at the end. And I go, okay, I can't do this anymore. I've got... 18 pieces of paper left, and I can't get it down any more than that. The guy looks at me and he says, well, is there a theme? I'm like, well, yeah, they all are kind of synonyms, synonyms, synonyms. No, they're not synonyms. Now I'm just, okay, anyway, scratch that, reverse. Okay, synonyms. They're all synonyms for each other, and I get to a point where three of my stacks only have one word, and then two of my stacks have 14 words each. So I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. So I'm looking through, and one of the common themes was people. 
I love people. Students, you guys know that I love people. I will talk and hang out until I blew in my face, and then I'll do it some more. So I love hanging out, love grabbing coffee with people, and that's one of my core values. Another one was change and growth and improvement. And so that was kind of my whole idea of value and process of discipleship. If we're the same today as we were a year ago, then something's wrong. That's a core value of mine, that we're constantly growing, we're constantly changing, we're adapting. Another one was faith. It kind of makes sense for me being up here as a youth director, right? I mean, faith is kind of important for me to be in this position. I mean, if I didn't have it, that would probably be a problem. And then hope. Hope is comes out of, for me, a lot of places in the Bible, but it's one of my core values to who I am, and it makes me do and act the things I do and act, if that makes sense. And then the last one... And I got this one, and I go, ooh, this isn't, this isn't good. This is not what I was expecting. The last one was control. Okay, my fifth core value was control. Okay, now, I thought about that for a moment, and then I had this moment sitting there, and I go, this explains so much about me. Control. Oh, man, what a wonderful core value to have. This is why I can't let anyone do anything for me. This is also why, if anybody wants to come and help me with something, they usually walk away pretty upset, pretty frustrated, and usually pretty mad at me because they're like, dude, you didn't even let me help you. You have to straighten out the silverware. You have to do this. You have to do that. And you can't let go. Okay, now, let's be honest. How many people are like me? Okay, now the other side of that, how many people know someone like me? Okay, you know, family holidays are great. Because someone in every family is that control freak. Okay? Think about Christmas dinner, Christmas holidays. No, you have to cook the turkey this way. Right? You know, you have to do it this way. Thanksgiving, you know, we have to do it this way. We have to have this tradition. We have to do... And, you know, they don't hear anything. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm sitting here in this group, and we're at a table of about eight guys, and I go, Oh, this isn't good. Control as a core value is probably not a very good thing to do for me. Because as long as I have control in my life, and I seek that as a core value, I can never effectively grow a ministry. Because it all relies on me. Because I'm the one in control. If I have to talk to the students, then it's about me. I can't have someone else do it. If I have to do this, it's about me, and everything's built on me. So the problem is, if I go away, then everything was built on me, and then everything kind of crumbles like a house of toothpicks or cards. So think about that. So, so we're sitting there, we're talking, and I go, okay. So now I'm thinking about how do I so control into my life? And I think about every single time that somebody's asked me to help with something, and I've gone, yeah, sure, I'll help with that but I need to do it my way or I'm not going to be involved. Yeah, that doesn't get very far. Or I think about the times that I've talked to people about coming and being involved in something that I'm doing, and I say, oh, you have to do it my way or just don't even show up. Or I think about the times that I'm having conversations with people, and we're arguing and we're directing or we're conversing, depending on which shoe you're wearing, about a conversation about something that needs to get happen. And I get so frustrated because I'm like, well, you don't care about what I have to say, so I'll see you later, and I'm just going to go over here. And whatever mess you guys do, just don't even ask me anymore because I don't care because you really didn't want to do what I wanted to do. You know, and so I'm getting offended. And so then I realize, okay, well, so I'm sowing this in my life. Now, what am I reaping? 
What am I reaping in my life because I have control? Well, the fact is, nobody wants to be involved in anything you do if you're a control freak. Some people like to show up, but they don't want to help because they don't want to get yelled at, right? I mean, think about it again, family Christmas, you know, that sister-in-law of yours that's a control freak, yeah, she doesn't want you to do anything. She doesn't want you to touch the china. It's a, why even bother trying to set the table, right? You know? And I think about all these other things. Oh, what about all these other opportunities I have in my life that I'm reaping control? Yeah, not good. Not good. So then I think about it, and I knew I was speaking this week, and I knew this is what I was going to talk about. So funny how God's just like, oh, by the way, here's an example for you. I go, Thanks, God. One for you. So, okay. So as we open our Bibles this morning, we'll be in Galatians chapter 6. So go ahead and, and flip there. But... I want us to talk a little bit about the transition that we've been in. As we look at the past 371 days, I counted this week. It's been 371 days since Brian Myers stood up here and resigned to our congregation. Now, in those 371 days, we as a church have been sowing things. Some of us have been sowing hurt in our life. Some of us were hurt by that, and that's okay. Some of us were okay with it. Some of us got excited about it. Some of us could just said, okay, well, the business as usual, everyone changes, we're going to keep going. We've all been sowing things into our life. Noel, as Mark's alluded to earlier, in two weeks we'll have the congregational vote on the candidates of, of Jim Howard and his wife Nancy. We're going to start reaping some of those things we've been sowing. Now, for example, one of the things that some people have honestly sowed in our congregation over the last year is that our next senior pastor will be Jesus. Now, let's think about that for a moment. Let's just think about that. If my expectation, if I'm sowing the expectation in my life that our next senior pastor is Jesus, what's going to happen in two months? Yeah, not good. I'm probably going to be crying even more. Besides the fact that I don't have any friends, right? Because I will be utterly disappointed. And I will probably be hurt. I will be frustrated. I might even be angry at this situation. Why? Because I had an expectation. And I've been living into and I've been sowing into that expectation for the last year. Now with that said, I don't believe our next senior pastor will be Jesus because... I kind of already had those expectations of previous situations. And yeah, it doesn't work out well. So, but think about that. Think about some of the expectations you guys have in this situation. Is it going to be somebody like this? Is it going to be somebody like that? I hope they do this. I hope they do that. I hope they love cats. I hope they love dogs. I hope they hate cats. I hope they hate dogs. Those expectations, those things that are sowing depending on what, are, what those are, will reap something. Sometimes those will reap good things. Sometimes they'll reap bad things. But let us get into Scripture here, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Verse 1, chapter 6 of Galatians. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Okay, first of all, just so you guys know, that doesn't mean when we see someone in sin, we go and grab a cane rod and start beating him over the head with it, okay? Gently, gently. Just like you kind of help guide someone on a bike when they're learning how to ride a bike. You gently guide them. You don't push them down Swan Mountain. 
pass, right? That's a terrible idea. Bad idea. Okay, so, just a little side note. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burden, and it is this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should take his own actions, then he can take pride in himself, without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Okay, so the first point today is it's not about about us running off and helping people with their sin. We must first look at ourselves. Like I said, we all have expectations about this. We have expectations about a lot of things. We have expectations about how your boss is going to be. We have expectations about your coworkers. We have expectations and we are sowing things into our family relationships. And we're going to reap some of those things. We're going to reap what some of those expectations are. We might reap happiness because we were right and it was a good thing. We might reach, reap sadness because we got hurt and disappointed because it wasn't the way we thought. But we first must look at ourselves. It's not about us going and helping our neighbor first. We first must have to look at ourselves. So ask yourself this morning, what are some of the things you're sowing in your life? Like I said... I've been sowing control probably for the better part of 28 years, which I'm 28 years old, so that pretty much means my whole entire life. And I've gotten that from places. I've had people help me sow control into my life because that's the way they are. And I've had people sow control in my life because they didn't want to be involved. Parents, are your kids doing the things that you want them to do? If not, you're probably sowing something into their life and not even realizing it. It's the unique thing about being a youth pastor is I get to spend a lot of time with teenagers. My parents will be pretty honest. I see a lot of the habits your teenagers have, and then when I get to hang out with you as parents, I see those habits in you too. Sometimes, not all the time, but I've seen a lot of our families are great at being gracious, and their kids are gracious. And then I go to their house and I go, wow, you guys are some of the most gracious people I've ever met. It makes sense. And then I've also seen the students that are go, well, it's a blue sky and the world is moving, but for some reason I'm not excited. And then I go and spend time with those parents. They say the same exact thing. Our sowing affects others. We've got to look at ourselves first. As a congregation moving forward, we have to look at our expectations first. The ones that we have as an individual. Then we look at our family. Then we look at the church as a whole. We look at the things we've sowed. Because what you sow doesn't just affect you, it affects those around you. So now on to the second part. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please him, his sinful nature, from that nature, will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. 
For the proper time, will we, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunities, let us do good to all people, especially those to, who to belong to the family of believers. So we talked a lot about sowing, about taking care of ourselves. And then the question is, are we actually getting a point where we want to? If I walked out here and I wanted to grow corn, I would not drive to Ikea and buy the giant palm tree seeds that they have, right? A palm tree seed will never grow me corn. Now, with that said, I really want a palm tree in our church. They have little seeds at Ikea. You can go buy them. And so if anybody is going down to Denver, Ikea, buy me a palm tree seed. Be awesome. But think about that. Think about that. If we're sowing bitterness into our life, we will never reap happiness. Right? Duck Dynasty, the dad says, happy, 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 all the time. He's a happy fellow. That probably means he doesn't take the time to sow a lot of bitterness in his life. But think about that. Parents, your kids complain a lot. Are we learning how, teaching them how to be grateful? If your kids are grateful all the time, are we teaching them how to appreciate the small things? Are we as a church, are we sowing into the expectation that our next... Senior pastor will be like Jesus and be Jesus and perfect in everything. Or are we sowing a reasonable expectation? So we reap exactly what comes to us, exactly what God is going to do. Think about that a little bit. It's so easy for us to come and just say, well, I'm taking care of myself and we're all on the right path. And nobody else is doing anything, but we miss some of the stuff in our own life. Again, that's the first point, is look at yourself. The second point is, are you reaping what you want? Because if you're reaping something, which you are, we're all reaping things all the time, and it's not what you want, it is not the action that is causing you to do that. It's what your heart is doing. It's what you've sowed. Again, I can't get corn from a palm tree seed. Physically impossible, pretty sure anyway. But think about that. If I want to be happy in life, I should be sowing happiness. I should be looking for God's joy. Not finding every excuse to complain about anything. The last church I worked at, we replaced the carpet of the church. And it needed to be replaced. The first weekend somebody came in, the carpet is ugly. Thanks. What does that say about what they're reaping? What about what they're sowing in your life? Complaining over carpet. Some of us do. I complain about the way things get done. Again, going back to me being a control freak. Trust me, if somebody's doing something and it's not the way I want them to do, I complain about it. I'll be the first one to admit it. You know, going back to that whole conference, I had some moments where through that whole process, I look and I go, wow, I really need to change what I'm sowing because I'm reaping something I don't want to reap. In verse 8 again, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature, he will reap destruction. Guys, if we're sowing bad habits into our life, you will never get a good habit. Never. Three lefts don't make 
three wrongs don't make a right. They don't. We can try and try and try to do the right thing all the time, but as long as our heart and our attitude is saying for us to do the wrong thing, we'll never get there. It takes a change of the essence of who we are. And it starts with our heart. And then it says from, the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Guys, when we start focusing and sowing the things that God wants us to sow into our life, we'll start reaping those things. Until you start sowing joy into your life, looking for opportunities that God has blessed you and given you happiness, you will never reap joy. You might have moments of joy, but it will never be a harvest. Until you start sowing patience into your life, you will never be a patient person. You might have aspects of being patient, but you'll never be a patient person. Until you place your hope in Christ and sow that into your life, that you know that everything else around you doesn't matter, but the hope of Christ that does not change. Until you truly put that as a, as a core keystone of the sowing in your life, the core plant, you'll never experience the hope of Christ to the fullest. It's so easy for us, though. It's so easy for us to look at the things we sow and just say, oh, that's okay. But when you sow anger into your life, you're reaping an angry situation. When you sow selfishness, you'll never be a selfless person. Never. You will never change the plant that you're receiving. As long as I want a palm tree in the youth room, I should never go and buy corn seed. If I want a palm tree, I should go buy the palm tree seed. If I want happiness in Christ, I should be looking at Christ to make me happy. If I want joy, if I want peace, if I want patience, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, hope, love. If I want those things to be the offspring of my life, that's what I should be doing. That's what I should be placing into my life. That should be the seed. So the first point is it starts with us. It starts with us looking at ourselves and asking the simple question of what do I want? What is it in my life that I am sowing? Sometimes the things we sow are great, but sometimes they're not. It starts with us looking at at ourselves. And the thing of it, the second thing is, is if we didn't get it from the first, go and look at what you're reaping. Go and see what you're reaping. If it's not what you're reaping, then go back to the first step. Go back to see what you're planting in your life, what you're sowing in your life. As a congregation, we'll have an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to reap some things. But more importantly, as a congregation, we'll be reaping things for months and years to come. Because of the things we've sowed. If you've had the expectation, if you sowed that the next senior pastor, no matter who it is, will be Jesus, you will be disappointed as long as that remains what you sow in your life. And that will just sow bitterness and disappointment in your life. And then you'll reap hurt and frustration and anger. It's a natural process. But if we have a realistic perspective, 
and realistic sowing of an expectation as a church. And we're looking at it, what it means for us to be a church. And we're sowing into that. Then it doesn't matter because we'll be reaping as a church. We'll be reaping the good things that can come from that as being a part of the body of Christ. So I'd love for the band to come up because they're going to come up. I don't know where Mark went. So maybe. Does anybody know where Mark went? Mark. 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 He walks away. Anyway, so I'll have the ushers come up. Oh, there he is. Yay. No, I went from point one, then I went back to point two, and I was recapping. So you must have missed the transition and the recap, but we found him. So let me pray for us real quick. And we'll be on our way. See, this is an example of I reaped it in expect. I sowed the expectation that Mark was in here, and I never actually looked for him. And then I reaped the expectation of disappointment because he wasn't in here and then it makes me look like a fool. So let me pray for us. Always happy to be a sermon illustration. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was a sermon illustration there. I don't think you were. So anyway, let me pray for us and and we'll get on our way. God, thank you again for allowing us to come here and be a congregation. To be a body that can embrace one another, that can love one another, Lord but a body that knows that we all sow things into our own lives. And that because of that, we reap things. And that ministry and life is a process that continually sows things and continually reaps things. God, just help us continue to sow you into our life so we reap more of you. That we remove the bad. That we look at that and look at the crops that are dead and dying into our lives. And we'd plant new ones so we can reap more of you. We can reap the the things that you've given us. In your powerful name, amen.